Hello and welcome to another edition of the Rampant Mumblings. I'm back. I survived. I don't know how it took me nine hours to get back when it only took me four hours to get there, but I came back and made it in one piece. And believe you me, it wasn't without incident. The bus wasn't there waiting to get me to my car. When it did come, my car wouldn't start, and then the motorway was shut. But I'm back at the desk, and there's only one thing really to talk about. Thankfully, the talking point isn't the rather nice new spiffy music I'm going to give credits to at the end of that show, but it's this whole Apple versus FBI thing. And already, it's become more than about one person and one phone. It's turning into something big, and I really do sincerely believe it's going to change the world of mobile communication. And we're not just talking about the handheld devices. This will go through laptops. It will be surveillance and everything else. But don't worry, it's not going to just be me giving my opinion. I've got a guest on the show. So once again, joining me to discuss this whole FBI versus Apple shenanigans is Mr. Carl Madden, who is the expert at the tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. So who better to have on the show oh. with me? You see, ah, I see. I know you say that, dude. I know why you say. I got a lot of stick for that online as well. But this, ironically enough, this isn't tinfoil hat because they are so brazen now. They just do it in public. They don't care. You know, in the old days, it used to you used to expect the government to be sneaky and try and get into your equipment behind your back. Now they're so blatant, they'll just do it out in the open. You know, in the public forum. Um, but anyway, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, it really has taken out of all the fun out of believing about the Illuminati and conspiracy <laughs> theories. So this podcast is going to be all about the main matter of the week in the last 14 days, which is the the unlocking of the iPhone device after the tragic incident that happened in San Bedinio. And apologies if I've not pronounced that right. So everyone knows what the Bedino is it? I think so. So this podcast isn't designed to make light of that obvious tragedy. We're looking at now the implications, what the FBI are asking, and what has happened in the last eight to nine days since that infamous request has gone through to basically create a new firmware and unlock the iPhone. So and Before we continue, yep. Mark, I just want to state, because I've heard a number of podcasts talk about this subject, and none of them seem to like mention this. We are not lawyers. We are not constitutional lawyers. We are not law enforcement officers. We are not uh, CEOs of major multinational corporations. Um, we have no real expertise in any of this. All we can do is go by what we've read and what we heard and uh, what how we interpret that. So, you know, <laughs> well, it's, it's a bit worrying. I've been listening to some people on shows and it's like they're some force who knows about everything apple does in its in its security stuff and they know exactly how the fbi applies all its laws and they know exactly what the constitution in a, in america is also of course we're not american so none of this applies to us um they can come up with whatever changes to the law to their to their amendments they want to do and it will not affect us directly the consequences might affect us um, which could be interesting. We'll get probably get to that later as well. I just wanted to state that up up front, that's all. Yeah, well, we'd like to basically think ourselves as the opinionated, but somewhat informed, but not overly informed, because where's the... where we're, we're not that clever. Yeah, well, let's just get back to the real, because a number of um, posts and uh, podcasts and posts and stuff are quoting the facts wrong. They're saying the FBI wants a backdoor into, your, into this iPhone. Right, and the word backdoor is has many, many, many connotations for people in in the tech sphere. Backdoor is never a good thing. It used to be a good. Well, actually, if you play, um, we we got some we got some audio from um, McAfee, the the rather nutty guy <laughs> who used to, who created the security software, uh, the antivirus software. Uh, if you want to play, his one that explains basically what backdoors are. Uh, and, and by the way, there is no question that what the FBI has asked Apple to do is create a backdoor, which, by the way, will take many months for Apple to code and implement. But we used to have backdoors back in the, the 80s and 90s in almost all software products. They were used by tech support people. When a customer called and said, my software is not working, it's doing something strange, the tech support guy would dial into the backdoor, take control, find out what was wrong, and fix the problem. We stopped that. Because every software product with a backdoor was hacked within a few weeks of the backdoor being created. Now, and that was when hackers were unsophisticated. Today, 
We have extraordinarily sophisticated hackers with extraordinarily sophisticated tools. And the very FBI, uh, James Comey, who says we will protect this software and only use it on one phone, that agency was hacked by a 15-year-old boy two weeks ago who walked off with all the personnel records, including undercover agents of all the FBI agents. Now, please get real. Um, we cannot allow backdoors in software in this day and age. Now, that's obviously John McAfee. Like I said, mind you, he, over the years, he's obviously gone off the rails a little bit. He's, um, he's considered to be like fringe loony, if you can say fringe, that. Fringe, I think that's, that's like saying Donald Trump is a little bit sort of, uh, is a little bit eccentric. But it, it, see, what's troubling me is they're using the word backdoor. Uh, we've got a few other clips and they all use the word backdoor. They're not actually asking for a backdoor. What they want is the keys to come through the thr- front door. And the reason for this is, is they want to get into this phone. Firstly, this phone, this 5C that this terrorist um, had, isn't even his phone. It's his company's phone because he was working for uh, a government agency. Uh, and uh, so they want access to this phone because his own personal phone, he completely destroyed before or before they did this attack, obviously. Uh, so they, they can't recover anything from that. So they do not even know if there is anything on this phone which is um, pertinent to the case that they are looking into. They've got previous um, backup, um, iTunes, uh, iCloud backup from it, which um, he turned off at some point before he did this attack, uh, a a little while before he did the attack. So they want to see if there's any new information on there, which tells you straight there, wow, they can get into my iCloud account. Okay, if you want to just, you know, that's something um, to be aware of, maybe, going f- forward. Um, so what they want to do is they want Apple to help them bypass the passcode to get into your phone. Now, up until recently, the way Apple did this is you entered in, when you, bought, when you got your phone, you had the chance to turn on a passcode. And it was basically a four-digit code that you could put into your phone and hopefully stop your mate in the pub getting into your phone and posting rude messages on your Facebook page. I mean, basically, that's what everybody else was using it for, every normal person. But um, so Apple decided we've got to make them as secure as possible, so we also need convenience, so let's do a four-digit passcode. I mean, after all, how many, how many, how many um, codes are numbers in your passcode to get into your, your bank from an ATM machine, for example, Mark? Well, it is just the standard four, isn't it? If you mess it up three times, it shuts down, locks you out. It says, we've gobbled your card up, now you get in touch with your bank. Apple have done something similar uh, on their entry. Um, and this, that is if you turn it on. So if you turn it on, wipe after 10. Firstly, every input takes 80 milliseconds to be processed and acknowledged. And uh, that doesn't sound like a lot of time. For a human being, that's nothing. We wouldn't even notice that time. But if you're trying to brute force a, a security code, that's an eternity. Because if you have to wait eight, 80 milliseconds before you can enter another code, and then another code, and then another code, that takes time. Um, if you do it manually, if it's a person doing it, and they enter, like, are trying to enter 10, like 10 goes to try and unlock your phone, I think the first four is just instantaneously, you can just try again. After that, it takes a little bit longer. After that, until it gets up to about number nine, when in case you have to wait an hour before you can enter that final code. And then if you enter it wrong, it will erase the key. It doesn't erase the phone. It erases security key that unlocks the phone. So what the FBI are asking Apple to do is they want methods, they want software that Apple has specifically write. It doesn't exist at this point in time. They want Apple to write this software, then load it up via Bluetooth or whatever means they can could get onto the phone. And it can still do that because... Your phone's constantly updating all the time with updates and stuff. So they have the secure key, Apple's key, (coughs) that allows access to your phone to load new software. Anyway, so they want Apple to load up to create new software that firstly disables the 80 milliseconds um, wait time. It disables the 10 attempts and then we wipe the key. Um, And they want to be able to do that through an external source. So for example, the way brute force works is it's not someone, one man, or woman sitting there going 0001, 0002, 0003. It's not that. It's a machine that's going like thousands of times a second trying to get that code. And if you've only got a four-digit code on your phone, it will take 
seconds for it to find it and break if those safeguards are not there. Um, and that's what the FBI is asking Apple to do. And now, because Apple has said, we haven't got this software. So the main case comes down to, can the FBI or can the American government force a company to create software <laughs> that will break their own security stuff that they have put onto a phone? And that's the issue at the moment. It's not necessarily a backdoor. And they can. The, uh, Apple probably could, because they have the key and they have the phone's unique identifying number, they can construct software if, you know, if that, I'm saying, you know, if that's possible in an ideal world, that they could probably just do this one phone. The only problem with that, if they do it once, it sets a precedent. So every other law enforcement um, person in America initially to start with can say, oh, we got this one. We want, to, we want this one doing. We want this one doing. We want this one doing. And it will set that kind of precedent. It won't necessarily mean the FBI can then listen into your phone calls, have access to your email without physically having to have the phone. I remember in the old days, it used to be a security adage was, if the bad guys get hold of your phone, that's it, game over anyway, because they're going to get in. They can do whatever they want to your phone, and eventually they'll get in. Apple, with their secure key, put a stop to that. Um, Google have put a stop to it. As long as you buy a Nexus 6 phone, they've got like, uh, kind of similar security features on their phones, but only the Nexus 6. The other phones are all open because they're made by manufacturers, and they just have Google software put onto them. Um, Microsoft, I've got no clue. I've, I've not done enough research on a Microsoft phone to know what security aspects are, are on, on a, a Microsoft phone. So it's, it's, that's the issue. And people are getting the word, the term backdoor, which is so vague and hazy, doesn't mean anything. So it basically comes down to, can an American law enforcement agency force an American company to create software to break their own security safeguards i think we should play the second clip from uh mcafee does that sound about that sounds about the right timing for yes because yeah. before you do this yeah so what what is happening is a lot of people are saying oh we'll break that a lot of people who are uh, in the um uh in the um the, the jailbreaking community say we can break that yes you can break the jail you can jailbreak iphones this is true this is not what they are needing to do they have no access. You can jailbreak anything once you have access to it. But yeah, go ahead, play that clip. I have offered to the FBI for free to take my team, take that one phone, take it apart, see what's in it, and give it to the FBI. That violates no one. It gives them no backdoors, and it cannot be applied to any other Apple uh, iPhone user. And I'm curious, um, how long it, would it take for you to get that information to them? I mean, if you got a hold at the of that outside, phone. At, at, at the outside, three weeks. I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's not uh, rocket science, but it does take time. It does take time. It's and he's not, not the, he's not the only one. There's also a guy, a CEO from Strategic Cyber Ventures as well. And, and you know, he's basically said, well, I've, I've always believed, I have no idea if it's true now, but I just assumed after Snowden's revelations came out that the FBI and CIA and whoever, NSA, could just do this anyway, right? It's just, it's, you know, I always, when, when Tim Cook come on the stage and he says, we've made security the main feature of this phone, and he really has, when he'd when he done that initially, they stuck it on their marketing material and everything. If you look, go to Apple's website, they say, we will not open your phone no matter what sort of court orders we get and stuff like this, because they have tried to make it so they cannot open that phone. They've tried to, get themselves completely out of, of that, that whole process. But what the FBI have done, they've been very sneaky in the way they've approached this because they're not asking for a backdoor. They want the convenience of the four-digit code. And all they're asking for, not uh, by not asking for a backdoor, by asking for new software that will just disable the 10 tries and your locked out stuff, because they know there is only 10,000 possible combinations. Now, you can fix this. You can change this yourself, for example. You can, there are settings on the iPhone in, in, in the security part of it under settings where you can make it a six-digit code, okay? Not really going to help you that much because if they do the same process to your phone here, 
it's not going to take that much longer to crack a six-digit code as it does a four-digit code. But you can also enter alphanumeric and numeric uh, f- uh, characters on your phone. And you can put a complete um, string of text in, which, if you're trying to brute force, could take years, hundreds of years in some cases, to crack. So, you know, I've got to hand it. FBI have been very clever in what they're asking to do. And it comes down to the fact, again, can and a law enforcement agency make an American company disable their own security features. Yeah, I, and I agree with you. The, it's, when this first came out, what got me about this whole thing was, oh, it's only one, th- one phone. We're only going to ask for it this one time. And in the last eight days, it scared me to see just who's been weighing in on this, just how far it's gone. So, for example, it's now gone from one phone to 12 because other law enforcement agencies have gone aha well if you're going to do it once you can do it again it's there's far more there's far more than that there's a i think um an fbi guy said before this all kicked off he's got 170 phones that they have no access to i can guarantee you the met police have a load of phones that they have no access to i'm i'm guarantee you china has a load of phones that they have no access to um it's one of those scary, and and even if the FBI, Apple, um, like, subjugates themselves and and complies with what the FBI is asking for, there's no guarantee that these other countries will get them because you know the FBI doesn't have to share that knowledge. But then you can, I bet you, like, why wouldn't the C, uh, MI5 or whoever go into Apple in the UK and say, okay, we want this done, we want this fixed as well. Is, is, is how do you deal with a company that is in so many countries around the world now that sells sells a worldwide product, and and it's not just Apple. Let's you know it's Google. It's all the other companies, and a lot of them staying quiet. A lot of them, you know, like for example, you got we got Steve Gate uh, with Steve Gates, <laughs> Bill Gates, and Mark Zuckerberg. So you, you want to play what Gates said? Okay. It's just a couple of days ago. He's 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 changed his mind a bit since then. But play Gates. Governments gone to phone companies and banks and lots of companies to gather information. The question of whether the government should be completely blind in terms of uh, stopping terrorism, which eventually will take on even more malign forms like nuclear terrorism or or bioterrorism, whether it has the safeguards in place that people feel like the government not being blind and being able to try and, and stop bad things before they happen. It's a good debate to be having. Uh, you know, I'm hopeful that, that government safeguards, uh, and it varies country to country, will be enough that people feel like uh, this can work. And so we have, have a, a great public debate about that. Well, the courts are going to rule, and it'll be good to have that, that precedent. I do think people want the government to act on their behalf if they feel like the safeguards are are there. I don't agree with him one iota because there has been no discussion because in the UK, our Theresa May has just drafted another version of the Snoopers Charter. And cutting a long story short, what it basically says in nuts and bolts is you will not be able to sell a mobile device unless it has a let's go for a backdoor or a way that data can be accessed at any time by the law enforcement. So the discussion wow. hasn't happened. It's just gone through. Now, you take that to its next, uh, and this is what's in for hat going on. If you were to take that to its next logical level, if they, rewire, if they reword the word mobile with wireless communication device, suddenly you've had to open up everything. You're going to have to open up Linux. You're going to have to open up uh, OS X. Because in the UK, as you know, we already have this privacy problem where uh, we repelled one act, but instead Theresa May got another act in through the back door, which means every ISP has to store a copy of the sent yeah. from received time, date, and header of an email. Absolutely. So, see, the thing, the trick, the, the trouble is we mustn't start looking at our laws because our laws have no bearing on this whatsoever. We do not have the protections, supposedly that the Americans have with their constitution and their amendments. We do not have that as a written document, as far as I'm aware. Again, I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> so, um, But as far as all the stuff I've ever learned in my lifetime, we do not have that kind of document. 
we have something similar, but it doesn't give us the same sort of protection as it supposedly gives the Americans. So, Although they say you have the right to remain silent, what that can actually be transpired as, uh, if you don't say anything, you may be incriminating yourself yeah. as well as uh, protecting yeah. yourself. And it's actually seen, uh, again, in the UK here, this is our law, it's part of the attitude test. If you're pulled over in a car and you're a, a gruff or obnoxious, you fail the attitude test and that policeman has its own discretion to take things where it wants to. So we, we don't have this freedom of information, uh, sorry, the right to remain silent per se. We don't have the Fifth Amendment. We're basically, you know, we're governed. That's it, what comes down. And I think what some of the talking points have been is just how uninformed the people are that are making these decisions. And that's the worrying thing about it. And why do you sound surprised about that? That's the way it's always been. It's always been like this. This is one of the things where I get into conspiracy fear. I'm not going to stray. Don't worry, listeners. I'm not going to stray off the beaten I path. I would not take that <coughs> bet. Don't take this, that bet, listeners. Of this subject. But what I will say is it is amazing on so many subjects how in the dark the general public are. And why wouldn't they be? Because they basically get the same what five six up to i'll give you i'll give i'll be generous i'll say the same 10 news sources where they get all their news from and they never look beyond that they never look be, very very rarely they look beyond the borders of our own country for example the eu stuff recently go and look at how germany's reporting what cameron got done um supposedly all the terms, all, all the fantastic stuff that he got awarded. Well, go and look how the other countries in Europe are reporting that story, and then look how we're reporting that story. You might see a bit of a difference. But uh, anyway, we won't go down that path. But um, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's an interesting argument that is going on because it still comes down to that fundamental thing. Can the FBI force a legal company to change its directors, to change its things? And if they do... Um, could Apple be trusted by anyone ever again? And can anything be trusted ever again? Not just Apple. Can anyone trust their device ever again? And some people will say, I've got nothing to hide. What does it matter? You're right. Today, you have got probably nothing to hide. Tomorrow, for example, this, with the way the things are moving in this planet at the moment, it seems to me we are seem to have far more steps to the right, shall we say, with the way things are going in the world with... Um, with, with, with people coming flooding in from other countries, supposedly, and uh, supposedly terrorists under every bed, it definitely looks like they're trying to say, do not trust your fellow man. Do not trust, you know, what you, your friends, because they're doing something wrong. They're getting on a computer. They're going to sites, and it's, it's converting them. It's radicalizing them. It's making them evil. If you have a government or, or a law enforcement system that believes wholeheartedly that you are possibly a criminal, then you have got no rights. And anything, anything you say can be taken out of context and, and like, like manipulated, and it makes it look like you're a criminal. Chances are you've all got stupid things that we've said or joked or, or, or done something stupid about or various text messages. We've made references to various terrorist organizations as funny as jokes because we think, oh, yeah, go on, you're listening in. Just think we, right? if, you take the, if you take that out of context, it looks like you're a terrorist. And yes, at the moment, we have pretty benign governments, but that can change. History has shown us a benign government, a benign country can turn very quickly in a short space of time. And all they need is someone to, to look at and say, that's the evil people. We need to change. We need to put them under control. And that is also happening today. And let's not forget, what is the best way to get control? And that's by playing the emotional card game. And I really think... This is what the FBI are doing. Now, I've got to come back to a point that I think that, in my view, if I I'll tell you what, let me just play a clip here from Donald Trump about exactly what I've just said about playing on the political heartstrings of what's happened. So this is Donald Trump talking about boycotting Apple on the back of someone from uh, America saying, what are you going to do for jobs in our country? China has, in my opinion, done the greatest theft in the history of the world when they've taken. They've taken our money, our job, millions and millions of jobs, thousands and thousands of plants and factories closed. And we've rebuilt China. Got to bring them back. We're going to bring them back. And I'm saying, I want Apple. First of all, Apple ought to give the security for that phone. Okay? 
What I think you ought to do is boycott Apple until such time as they give that security number. How do you like that? I just thought it. Boycott Apple. Here's the thing. First of all, the phone's not even owned by this young thug that killed all these people. The phone's owned by the government. Okay, not even his phone. We don't even have to go that far. But Tim Cook is looking to do a big number, probably to show how liberal he is. But Apple should give up. They should get the security. You'll find other people. When these two young people had bombs all over their apartment on the floor, other people saw those bombs. Well, those people, in a certain way, are almost as guilty as the ones that did the shooting. We got to get to the bottom of it. And you're not going to get to the bottom of it unless we use common sense. So I like the idea. Boycott Apple until such time as they give that information. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, of course, he also tweeted that from his iPhone as well. But, but that's, <laughs> I mean, I can understand. People, people will listen to that and say, yeah, absolutely. Why shouldn't they? And it's very hard to argue with that statement because these people were terrorists. They killed people. Right, you cannot. This is why you do not get the victims of families of of murders. Try, you know, they're not the jury of the people doing the murder. It doesn't work like that. You have to look at these things, these laws, in in the cold light of day, without um, without emotion clouding or obscuring the facts, because that's how we've always done things. And you know, and it's very easy today to use the word terrorist or to use the word pedophile. You know, that's another subject. It's very emotive and you can basically make people say anything you want because, you know, from a logical point of view, yes, of course we should help the enforcement agencies with terrorism and stuff like this. Well, why did they pick this case? If they've got so many other phones, why did they pick this case? Because this case has the word terrorist linked to it and it's very emotive. You beat me to the point I was coming to there because terrorism is a very, very hot subject. And let's face it, ISIS and Al-Qaeda, 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 that's the one, uh, they've been out the news. And I know this sounds like shocking and left-wing conspiracy, but it's true they've been out the news. So what is the next best thing to tug on the emotional heartstrings? Let's bring it right back home to say that. Yeah. They're, they're almost inciting that if you have an iPhone, you're a terrorist. And there was a judge uh, that I wrote about on the, the website Essential Mac where he basically said, we're an American court. We're not going to have iPhones in our court anymore because of this one thing. Now, that's a small drop in the ocean. But when you take that to a worldwide level, you know, this is going to be the thing that if it impacts Apple's shares and profits at all, not that this is, not that this is the point. This is the big thing that's going to rock Apple, I think, quite harsh. Because there's no wind for them coming out of this. If they make this um, method of getting into a phone, that sets a precedent. If they manage to repeal it, that sets a precedent. And they're, they're in this ultimate, ultimate no-win situation. And that's why we have to stand back and look at this and say, yes, it is a tragedy, but let's look at the bigger, wider implications. Now, you could say people really don't care right now about security on the phone. I mean, let's face it, Android has the world's biggest market share out there, but it's also one of the most hacked phones on the planet. That hasn't stopped people buying it. Whenever there's a new malware virus or scam or there's something's being rooted, it doesn't stop people, but it could stop people buying Apple. But they didn't stake their business on the security aspects of their device. Apple made it published papers saying this is the most secure device, especially the more modern phone. This is a 5C, for example, running iOS 7, as far as I believe. But the, definitely the newer one, with the secure enclave and all that gubbins in it, that they are saying, if you can go to their website and you can look, they will not unlock that phone. Um, now, I am, being of a conspiratorial type, I've always just assumed that they can anyway. Um, you know, anyone who thinks that they can is probably in the same camp as me. You are a conspiracy nut, I'm afraid to tell you, because if you believe, you know, according to everything I've read so far, they've never been able to do that. So if you always thought they could, or if you still think they can, you're a conspiracy nut just like me. Thank you. Welcome to the club. It's a fantastic little room we have here. Anyway, but um, like I say, it's going to come down and, and it's, it's a shame because I've been at work all day today and I know Apple have responded now to this to the judge and i haven't had time which is terrible of me to actually read what they've said 
And I basically think they've kicked a fault, they've kicked it back. Do, they do not want to argue this in, in court. They want Congress to make a law about this. And if that happens, which is probably what should happen, um, you know, Apple could go all the way to the Supreme Court. Now, I don't know how much, again, you know about American politics and how things work in the judicial system. They've just lost um, a Supreme Court member who, who died recently. Um, so it's pretty balanced at the moment. It's, I think it's 12 people. <laughs> Again, this is where I sharp my knowledge of how much I do not know about the American legal system. But um, so it's evenly balanced. So it could even go as far as them, and they might not be able to come to a definitive verdict because they're evenly balanced. You know, it could come up an even uh, tie, for example, with no one to break that at the moment. Um, so it's a fascinating argument. Unfortunately, Time's ticking on this on on everybody else. Everybody else is in limbo. Everybody else, it's like Windows doesn't know what to do. Facebook doesn't. Know. They're all waiting to see what happens. And maybe it should go to Congress. Maybe there should be a law. Maybe we as citizens do not have the right to hide anything from our law enforcement or our governments because we haven't had up until recently. There's nothing you can own until supposedly this phone came along that you could put something in and say, there you go, you cannot have access to that at all. The only thing that existed was your brain. Let's not forget one thing here. The whole reason for this passcode being needed is the fact that one of the investigating officers, or sorry, the investigating officer team, decided to change the iCloud password. Now, Apple did assist right at the start by saying, take this phone to work. It's bound to have a known network, or we assume it's going to have a known network. Let it do a backup, and we can get things from there. Now, because that's not happened, this is the whole thing that's come about. Now, you can understand why completely, why they would change his password straight away. So they must have known enough information to change the password. So... It's kind of one of those things where maybe if they hadn't done this, we wouldn't be in this problem. But it's just shocked me how quickly we've gone out of control from one iPhone to suddenly you might not be able to buy an iPhone in the UK, at the very least, if this bill goes that, through. Yeah, that won't happen. That will, that will never happen. I mean, this is what I'm saying. It will come to a point where, Mike, where Apple will have to decide, or it will be decided for them. We're, is your phone... Is your phone so secure that law enforcement or governments cannot get into it? And then if, if they want to make that law, fine. I've got no problems with them deciding to do that. But then they cannot turn around like sometimes that, like people cannot turn around later down the, the line and say, oh, hang on a moment. What do you mean China, for example, if they get hold of our devices? If I go to China and I get arrested, they can download all my contacts or, or all my things. You know, we, it's a very slippery thin edge, thin edge of the thin edge of the wedge as they say um, a lot on yes minister for example but um it really is do as soon as apple create this software that apparently does not exist to this day that's it that's all they're going to be doing they might as well create a new industry just for doing that because you can guarantee every day they're going to get more and more phones coming saying can you just break this one can you just break this one can you just break this one um because that's the way it works. For example, you know, governments and, and pass laws that seem very reasonable at the time. And then six years down the road, you see they're being abused to do things that they were never intended to do. You know, we, we all, we, we, you know, we, 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 in London, for example, we put up with cameras being everywhere. Yes, because they'll keep you safe and it will like make sure. Yeah, and then you're being fined for, for parking on the pavement with two wheels, for example, for more than Three, three minutes because it's just if you've got the power you, you use it and it's thing, just, power, power never comes back once you give it once you no. give something away you'll never ever get that back if apple was to give the fbi the right to this one phone that's it it's like a chain it's a ratchet it gets tighter and tighter and tighter and it never goes backwards and that's what worries me it's it's the fact that it's yet another way we give up a piece of our lives a piece of our privacy not to say and I would have a hard time. I mean, let, let's go from the wrangle here. P, uh, uh, PGP, pretty good privacy emails. Uncrackable, pretty much. It takes a horrendous, horrendous well, amount of time to do that. Yeah. See, now that's another subject because um, something happened with the creator of PGP. 
And then there was a story come out saying, no, don't use PGP anymore. But it has to be, but if they want to crack it, there is an immense amount of effort that has to go yes. in to cracking it. And Possibly, just, but it's a brute force attack anyway. Yeah. yeah. But it's again, you would never have, for example, 1234 as your password on your Google account, would you? I know people who've had that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this is what I'm saying. If you want, if you really want to, even if Apple do this, even if they create this piece of software, even if they do exactly what the FBI has asked them to do and they, they create software that will allow the FBI or CIA or NSA or whoever, the American law enforcement, to do this brute force attack. You can still, as an individual, if you so wish, if you're that desperate, if you're that security conscious, you can still defeat, defeat that by just putting a complex password as your passcode. That's it. It will just take just as long to hack, even if they don't use brute force. It will take years and years and years, possibly to, depends on how good it is. If it's a passphrase, even longer. Um, you can do that today. Apple has given you that. But because they want people to be you know, to use their stuff and make it easier, they created previously a four-digit code and now a six-digit code you can turn on, but that's still not really secure enough. You still, to this day, would not have a six-digit code on your on your PayPal account or your Amazon account. Which, and if you have, by the way, if you're listening to this and you have, for God's sake, change that, please. But um, <laughs> also, if you've got the same password on multiple sites, change that as well, unless they're sites that you don't, you're not that bothered about. Um, I'm so glad I don't do that. <laughs> no, well, actually, I tell you what, the people who do these podcasts are normally the worst for it because we're all very good at giving out the advice, but then we don't follow it ourselves. And I know some people in the tech realm who have been hacked because they've done exactly that. So everybody use something like LastPass, use something like One Password, use yep. a password manager and get the most, just spend a weekend going through all your passwords. And if they're all the same, for God's sake, change them. Because like, I, if someone's in your account, you will not necessarily know. Unless they do something stupid to prove that they're in your account, you never know. Well, that happened to me with my Netflix account. It got hacked, and the next thing you know, they'd uh, locked me up. Well, they tried, they did. I got hacked, but they didn't change my password. So that was kind of a blessing in disguise. But they put me onto the most expensive plan. They completely messed up all my viewing habits. <laughs> uh, if they hadn't been greedy... And they just hadn't bumped you up to a different plan and just used your account. You only if you hadn't noticed, oh, I didn't watch that last week. Why is that on my recently watched list? They wouldn't you they would you would never been none the wiser. Yeah. I mean it's just and just coming back to this, I'm just reading the document as we go along. There's been uh it says as a as a and as news of this court's order broke last week, state and local officials publicly declared their intent to use the proposed operating system to open hundreds of other seized devices in cases having nothing to do with terrorism. Again, I, uh, this they would not be able to do that because the, the piece in question, the piece of software in question, the judges ruled um, in this thing, it doesn't have to leave Apple's campus. But Apple have to allow um, some way for the FBI to tunnel into it or be present when they're, they're fiddling around with it. So, because that's uh, no not gaping hole in this whole system at all. No, yeah, but, but uh, that's what I'm saying. So, a lot of these other people are like maybe jumping on board and saying, oh, we got this too, we got this too. But depends how the ruling comes down because if they are saying specifically to this one device, now it might be able to use it as a president, but I'm not sure quite. I'm not au fait that enough with American law to see if they can then say, well, this isn't terrorism related. So do we need another ruling on this? You know, because if, if it can't just go on fishing missions, for example, um, it's, 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 this is what I'm saying. It's no, nothing's ever happened like this before because nothing ever could happen like this before. So it'd be really interesting. And it's good that they've taken on the biggest well, I'm assume one of the biggest tech companies with very deep pockets who can hire some very good lawyers. And, you know, this is what's going to happen. They're going to fashion this out. Now, it did occur to me, and it's kind of scary to me, that John McAfee come up with <laughs> the same sort of idea. Like, what, what can the FBI do if Apple says, no, we're just not going to do this? And if you want to play McAfee 3, <laughs> I thought, as soon as I heard him say this, I thought, oh, God, I had the same, same idea. Well, I think Tim Cook has got some serious balls, if I can say that word on TV. You sure can. Uh, and, and he, he, 
He needs to stand firm, and we're all behind him. The entire tech community, the people who understand these issues, are behind him. Uh, the problem is he has a court order. The judge can send federal marshals armed with AR-15s into his office. Uh, what can they do? I don't know. They're going to have to make his programmers work to create this back door. I don't know how they're going to do that. You say, sit down, do the coding, or we're going to shoot you in the head? I, I don't know. It will still take time. What, what frightens me even more about this is that a federal judge in America is so illiterate in cybersecurity that they would allow this order to go through. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump, Donald Trump, the lead Republican nominee, he said, we need to boycott Apple. You have no idea how much that terrified me, that someone who probably will be the Republican frontrunner has zero understanding of the larger issues of cybersecurity by, by saying, hey, Apple should do this, which puts America at enormous national risk. And that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell. I, I mean, I know he's a crazy guy, but you know what he's saying there makes perfect sense to me. Unfortunately, I'm not sure what that says about me, actually. But um, it does. It comes down to this decision needs to be made or needs to be hashed out uh, and put in the books, put, made into law. And then we'll all know where we stand. We'll all know if we do have the right to privacy um, to a certain extent. Or we'll know that the government, no, the government can come into anything you own or have. No matter if it's digital or no matter if it's physical, they have the right to come and inspect that if they feel they, they want to or need to. So this is basically what it's, com it's coming down to. This is the argument. This is why I'm hearing lots of people like we've just done for the last half hour. So we've discussed this thing and it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what me or you come up with. It doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks. All it comes down to is whoever the deciding people, if it's Congress, then that's a lot more people. If it comes down to, to the number of Supreme judges, then that's kind of scarier because they're politically bent and, not bent as in crooked, like, you know, they have their leanings. Um, and it will come down to whatever pressure is put upon them. And, and it's, it, but it's an argument that probably does need to be had because, like I say, Apple put their flag in the ground and said, we are going to have one of the most secure phones. I mean, people still go on about BlackBerry being the most secure phone. Not necessarily. It wasn't because they gave away certain keys to certain people. Also, you had to have your own private, your, your own private server, as far as I'm aware, for Messenger to be completely secure as all the Tottenham writers found out when they started messaging people anyway but um <clears throat> but uh yeah so it comes down to that fundamental choice and however it lands be it on one side or the other we are going to have to live with this and not just we as in a global sense because if America gets it you can guarantee that China will want it Russia will want it all the other people who you think are bad actors they are also all going to demand it as well or Apple just will not be able to do any business in their in their countries, and it's an, it's a it's, it's a global company. This is what we've come to. It's globalization. It's it's this is what capitalism has become. We are glo all, you know, many many global companies are out there, but I still think it comes down to a fundamental right: is do you have any privacy? Do can you expect any privacy from your government or law enforcement in a digital realm? At the moment, we don't know. And let's not forget, we we give away our privacy at the drop of a hat. You use Google, you, you've lost it. There's even an app where you can get paid something like £15 a year or six, seven, sorry, yeah, £15 a year if you give up all your walking data, where you've been, what shops you've gone yeah. into and check in, all on the premise of getting a little bit of cash. So one thing for you here then, if you were Apple, would there be a part of your mind saying, right, sod the FBI, let's release that new version of iOS that we know cannot be hacked or cracked or backdoored in this way. Would you just do that out of spite to say, if there's a, if there, before a new law comes in, we can say we had a product that has existed that you cannot claim any of see, these things for before the law gets passed? See, this is another interesting aspect of it. Do now, because Apple has seen, well, FBI have found a flaw in Apple's argument do Apple now say, okay, the next version of iOS, you cannot put in a passcode. You have to put in a complex password. Can a judge then look at that action and said, you have specifically taken actions to stop us doing what we want, what we have been mandated to do? 
what's what situation does that then put Apple in? A very complicated one. And wouldn't exactly. That, wouldn't that win? I mean, it was like the whole. I mean, if you scale it right back, you know, people were outraged that the the secure enclave on the touch ID, which had this whole error 53, which was designed to protect people. It was designed to stop third party products coming on and impacting and having a, uh, an, a negative effect on an iPhone. People were in uproar about it, that a security device didn't work. Or Apple would say, right, if your, if your device isn't secure, you can't use it. Well, this is the thing. This is the thing with security. If it, well, of if, course, yeah. If it's not secure, you can't use it. It's as simple as that. Well, of course, there was a, that was an error. That was a factory error that never should have got out of the factory. They've, they've come online, and now if you did accidentally break your phone by having a third party mess around with your screen or, or, or your Touch ID, you can now plug it into iTunes, and the update will fix that. It'll bring it back to life. However, because you've now put a, a foreign object into your phone effectively which apple cannot guarantee is is safe or security you know valid um it just disables the touch id and all the aspects of that which is probably right that is exactly what it should do otherwise you know you think about it if it's meant to be a secure device with your touch id if if you can put in something else that can can capture the the, the fingerprint for example that's no longer secure it should shut down unfortunately there was an error and the, it, it put it in a, a public facing format, which it shouldn't have done. It was meant to be a factory facing um, warning that somehow, <laughs> again, you could say this is conspiracy. This is a fantastic conspiracy that happened to come out a week or so before all this stuff came out. Yep. Well, you know, I, mean, I don't. I'm not going to join dots up for you. I'm, I don't particularly believe that one. For example, I just think it's coincidence. Coincidences do happen, not all the time, but most of the no, time. It, but, it's uh, yeah, it, it, it. If if you don't. With the media, there is no such thing as coincidence. Everything is nicely planned and it's all laid out. And let's face it, I broke the Era 53 news, albeit inadvertently, when I was out running the Great North Run. Yeah. Uh, and a gel pack exploded in my in my back pocket, which got into the Touch ID sensor, which then when I tried to do the next update of iOS, I couldn't because of Era 53. But no one ever gives me the credit. Uh, well, you didn't write about it in The Guardian, did you? See, or Fox News. That's the problem. No, it was The Guardian. It was The Guardian, The Guardian reporter done it oh so because it affects someone in a position of power not someone in in <laughs> well no no the guardian it's hardly oh, power yeah. anymore <laughs> that's true that's true so where would you so we have to look at the other side of this there is now all this hurrah that there must be some terrorists out there who are going to be hearing all of this and going aha so right now what you're saying is we don't have a backup of our phone and we use apple we're as safe as houses now that is one thing here but the, in my view, most police forces aren't re, uh, proactive. They're reactive. They are reactive in certain cases. But this isn't a case about being reactive. This is something that's happened after the events. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's, it's, very, it's very difficult to bring that argument in. Because, it, again, you're bringing emotion to the argument. You're saying, oh, well, maybe they'll look at the iPhone now and say it's secure. We'll start using the iPhone. But there's no evidence to that ever happening. There's no evidence to, you know, whenever they capture these people, whenever they, you know, they do something and they shoot, they get themselves shot and they blow themselves up, there is a mass, there should be a mass of data um, of who they were talking to like who knew them, who physically knew them, where they physically live, no matter how much they, they scrub the place before they go, there's got to be clues and evidence within that household. I mean, uh, it's, it's just crazy. It's, what I'm saying is I do not believe everybody who's a terrorist has their entire terrorist life on a phone, and that's it, right? It, it just it's, it boggles the mind if that is the case. It's crazy. Um, but we, we, you cannot go down that path. You cannot, because there are some idiots in the world who think the way they supposedly can get like get god to look at them and smile at them on them is to kill other people then those people have existed for for thousands of years there's always some idiot who's willing to kill someone else to make them you know to supposedly bring something they want to exist it's, it's basically they're idiots right they're mad they're completely if you if you're willing to do that if you're willing to murder someone else, if you're willing to kill someone else, if you're willing to torture someone else, then there's something fundamentally wrong with you. And no matter what, you're just going to be that person. It doesn't matter the, 
what phones you use or what products you use or what TV show you watched or what video game you played. You are, there's something fundamentally wrong with you and that was always going to happen as far as I'm concerned. Hopefully we can catch it before you actually go through with it. But then, you know, uh, but then you get into all kinds of other arguments. And, and this is why you can't, you have to focus on the main argument. And the main argument is, is do you, as a citizen, this is what I feel is the main argument. Do you as a citizen, ha- citizen have the right to complete privacy from your government or law officials, or do you not? Once we have that ruling, you can then extrapolate that and come up with other things, like how you catch. For example, the FBI don't even know there's any information on this 5C that they haven't already got. They are purely want to get into it just in case. And as, you say, as like Trump said, it's not his phone. It's the government's phone. Now, is the terrorist using the government's property to do to his terrorist acts when he's got his own phone? I don't know. Maybe because he might have been an idiot. But once you unlock, once you unbottle that, that genie, it's going to be very, very hard to put that back in the bottle. And so you need to answer this fundamental question first, I think. And that is, again, I'm going to stipulate again. Do we as citizens of the globe have the right to have some privacy from our government or law enforcement or do we not? And as soon as you answer that fundamental question, we can continue to the other questions, I feel. And I think with that, you have nailed it right on the head. Oh, thank you very much. I'm sure some other listeners will disagree with me and I'll probably maybe, you know, probably called terrorist lover and things like this. But I just, I just, it's, it's, it's a very interesting argument that's going wrong. As, as long as you take out all emotion out of it, you know, uh, we we can all. You know, if something happened. If something, another terrorist attack happened this afternoon or tomorrow or over the weekend, along the lines of nine eleven, for example, then yes, it will shake my core to the you know my 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 feet my beliefs to the core. And if I had to make a gut reaction based on that, I would probably make the wrong decision because I would be doing it from my heart, from my gut. I wouldn't be using it from my brain. Because you know nobody wants to be victim of one of these um, one of these atrocities. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know it's, it can happen to all of us. But then that's life. We've, for example, we in Britain, we've been uh, we've had terrorism for a long, long time here in Britain. It's, you know, it goes through bouts where it, you know I've got to say the word popular, but you know, I don't mean I mean popular as in happening. Again and again it and again, and then it goes away. Than, yeah, yeah. It, 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 everything exactly. goes in. It, everything goes in a news cycle, and this is what we, this is what I hope happens with Apple is that Apple actually said we want to discuss this behind closed doors, so we don't end up having to go, as we keep saying, the you know, the events are tragic, but they want to avoid that because, it, and so they should. I, this should be hide, held behind closed doors with a company that has. I don't agree. No, I think I think this is great. I, I, I this is why it surprised a lot of my friends. I'm saying this is great. This is a discussion that needs to be public. If we if they were going to come up with a law that affects everybody in a country, in this case the USA, then the public should know that up front. They shouldn't be done before behind closed doors. When you go stuff behind closed doors, that's where conspiracy comes in. That's where malpractice. Co- uh, can come in. This is where things can go wrong when they happen behind closed doors. When they happen in the cold light of day, where anybody who wishes to show an interest can look at them, that's when things get sorted. If it comes to pass that the FBI make Apple unlock their phone, then that should tell the rest of the US initially. Anyway, that is how your country has gone. You now longer no longer have privacy on anything, and you should be aware of that. I feel I just feel that's the way it is. If it's happened beyond a, 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 a closed door and you didn't know that little fact changed, then that's bad. That is a totalitarian state, as far as I'm concerned. It, the, the fact that they're having this argument is in public actually fills me with a, a, a small measure of, of happiness. What's getting me is the amount of figures that are now stepping up and out of the wild to say, we are in support, we're not in support. And I've just read now that uh, Jesse Jackson has said, the government demand the government demand that Apple create software to hack its iPhone is an overreach. Privacy and civil liberties must be protected, Jackson said. And he's, he's you know, he's into civil liberties. And of course, I'd be so very surprised if he didn't come. But this is what I'm saying. This is where they're focusing on different arguments. 
Whereas it comes down to one, fun, for me anyway, one fundamental decision. Do you want it or do you not want it? Once you, what, You're going to get everybody, everybody on the planet who listens to this story is going to have one, one view or another. And that will be based on their experiences through life. If they've been persecuted, they do not want the government snooping into what they do. If they've been like, if there's certain sects of society preying on another section of society, they don't necessarily want it to happen because the other person they feel might be able to get hold of it. They can't because they can't get Apple's secure key. But it doesn't take much. All it takes is a very loud voice to start putting these little worms in people's ears. And then the whole story is happening now. As you say, if you are reading stories now that. No, that's not what they're asking for. They're not asking for a back door. They're asking to get through the front door. It's 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 very simple. It, it, and then you can you can stop them as it is at the moment. You can stop them from doing it. And even if Apple built the software that they want, you could still stop them from getting through the front door by just having a very complex password as your passcode entry. It's up to you. Yep. I I, well, I I agree with you on some points and I disagree with you on some points. And that is what and that's what makes that's what's made this very interesting is that a lot of the tech shows, like you said earlier on, have suddenly come out and started thinking about the politics and it is actually inviting discussion. Like I said, my view is if it's behind closed doors, it means that there or it becomes a matter of the law and it's all fact. Whereas right now it's just becoming there is still the emotion tied up in it all. Um, I think on that we've pretty much cracked it. We've pretty much had our bit. We've had our uh, had our thing to say. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? No, but if you disagree with any of the things I say, you want to call me a terrorist or anything like that. My email is <laughs> my, my Twitter is at Ocean Speed. Claw zero one zero one. Ah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Carl, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on uh, after our rearranged schedule. Uh, and yes, it's great. And hopefully we'll get some feedback. You'll be able to leave feedback on the website right at the bottom. And if you want to, send one of us a message. And uh, yeah, we'll probably have more to discuss about this uh, as further facts become available. Hopefully you've enjoyed that. And what better way to round off the podcast with the return of Nemo's hardware store. And this time, John Nemo from the MyMac.com website has someone called Biggers who's going to talk about some Puro IEM 500 headphones. John, over to you. Welcome back to Nemo's hardware store. John Biggers is our special guest today. Good to have you with us, John. Glad to be here. What are those unusual headphones you've got in front of you? Today we have the Puro Sound in-ear monitors with dual dynamic drivers. And that website is purosound.com. Can you spell that for us, please? It's Puro as in P-U-R-O, sound, S-O-U-N-D, dot com. Oh, one word. And what's the price in the United States? The price is $109.99 with free ground shipping. Let's call that $110. And you get a 30-day satisfaction guarantee from the company. We will have the links on our website for both buying and information for the Puro Sound in-ear monitors with dual dynamic drivers. Let's get the product number of this. They're called the IEM 500, in-ear monitors 500. But it won't cost you $500 <laughs> to get this sound. But how much is the sound worth, John? At least 500 or more. I, I cannot say enough. It's hard for me not to gush about this product because I've fallen in love with them. I've I found that they've been uh, very comfortable uh, to wear over long periods of time. I took them on a trip. I never had any in-ear fatigue. And the sound just, I can't say enough about the sound. The sound stage is so wide. Uh, the dual drivers with a, uh, with a tweeter and a subwoofer drivers, you really get the full audio spectrum. Now, to look at these, they look like something that were constructed in a metal shop by a high school <laughs> class. But can you give us a more refined description of that? They do. They have this very robust, uh, very uh, su surprisingly substantial uh, construction, given how small they are. They have a riveted uh, metal, I don't even know what you would call this, <laughs> but uh, with some mesh covering over the ends. Uh, and then this leads, of course, to the earbud piece, which extends a little further um, into the ear. 
but really, really well constructed and uh, surprisingly comfortable. And even though they look like they'd sort of pull you over from their weight, they're not that massive when they're in your ear? Not at all. I did not notice them. I was, I was curious about that at first, given the size of them. Uh, they are definitely larger than some of the other in-ear monitors that I've tried. But once they were in, I found them to be very comfortable. And there are good pictures on the website. We will have that link. Now, you were listening in the back of a car when some loud talking and an audiobook was happening throughout the entire car. How were you able to isolate using these in-ear monitors from Puro Sound, the IEM 500? Well, Puro really, uh, really pushes the, the importance of the seal, which, you know, once you get the seal correct, um, any outside noise is essentially isolated. And um, Puro gives you five earbud sizes to choose from where other companies I've seen at the very at the most three so they really do give you a uh, wide range of sizes for you to choose from um, I find I I tested a few finally got the seal right and once I did all outside noise was essentially gone what kind of tote sack do they come in? Oh, that's the other thing that I love. It comes with a very soft knitted case. Um, and another thing about Puro, I would say, is they you really feel like they've given a lot of thought to the product design and the accessories. I also found that in their Bluetooth uh, kids' headphones that they really don't leave any any detail overlooked. They really have thought about this product design and done a tremendous job in its execution. Any suggestions of ways that these in-ear monitors with dual dynamic drivers could be improved for you, John Biggers? I have two suggestions. I, For me, the, the vocals tended to be a little uh, bright and very forward, which is which for some music um, was, wasn't as um, tiring. You know, in ear, I didn't have as much in-ear fatigue, but um, I did correct that with the equalizer. Um, and the only other suggestion I had was on the controller that is mounted, controller microphone that's mounted on the cord. It does have a single button that you can click twice to advance to the next track, click once to stop, and then click three times to fast forward. My only suggestion would be to add a volume control, which they did include on the Bluetooth uh, children's headphone, and I would have liked to seen it implemented maybe in the uh, remote here uh, somehow. What about the value for money for $110 in the United States? I don't think you can do a better job at that price point for a pair of in-ear monitors. And I've tried many from Sennheiser, Beats, Sony, Edematics. I've tried very many, and I, I haven't seen anything this this high quality at this price point before. So should we stock these in Nemo's hardware store? Without a doubt. How many should we order? Uh, at least a squillion. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for visiting us, Nemo's hardware store. John Biggers, we appreciate your comments. And Puro Sound, well done. Thank you once again, John, for another brilliant interview with John Biggers about the Puro IEM 500. And you'll be able to find more details about this on the website and also an affiliate link. But first, you'll be able to find out more about John and his reviews, including a written review over on MyMac.com. Now, on our website, you'll find a little affiliate link. And if you click on that, that helps us support that helps you support this show because we get a very very small kickback from Amazon on anything you buy. You could go there and purchase some socks. You could go there and purchase some sandals, even though it's way, way, way too cold. Whatever you purchase will get a very, very small amount in the form of commission from that sale. You don't have to tick anything. You don't have to do anything. You literally just shop as normal. The price doesn't get affected on any way whatsoever. It just comes, we just get a small kickback from Amazon. So if you're shopping for anything, especially what with Easter just around the corner, do consider using our, our, our little link. And I think that's going to be a show. I hope you've enjoyed the uh, the talk back that uh, Carl and myself had. Again, you can find Carl on the macandforth.com website. You can find me on the essentialmac.co.uk website, John on mymac.com. And if you want to get hold of me, you can do by sending by following me on the Twitter, which is at Ocean Speed. And until next time, 
Stay safe, everyone. Be careful. Keep your chin up. Don't let the bad news get you down. And until next time, ta-da! So, any final plugs? Are you going to plug your show that should be coming back, but it hasn't? No, see, uh, again, we've had another snag because I literally yesterday been given a promotion and now I've got to see how much that affects my daily, my work. So um, it means I've got to do slightly longer hours, but they give me more money. So I'm quite happy with that. So slightly longer hours than the longer hours that they were making you do before. Yeah, but now they've rec- um, I've actually got some the money for it so i'm quite happy with that uh, yeah money money does buy a certain amount of pain pleasure yeah. threshold they did they did offer me yeah. a, a title and i told them what they could do with the title and it's just basically money because <laughs> i'm not that dumb i'm gonna fall for a title baron madden that's what i'm gonna have to refer <laughs> to you from now on <laughs> yeah, so if they want to do if they do want to hear the uh the, the shows that we that i've been on and you've done in the past they can go to macandforth.com and if they want to get hold of you it's uh, uh, at claw zero one zero one on the Twitter. Yes, yes. <laughs>